It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken and Coquel. My life be like. Wow. Yeah. My life be like. 12.30 Eastern Time here on ESPN 106.3. Free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, hey Siri, hey Google Play, ESPN 106.3. And... Uh, we are joined now by a man who I worked alongside for three seasons when he was head coach at Florida Atlantic, two Conference USA championships in his time at FAU and earned his way to the head coaching job at Ole Miss, the Rebels last year, 5-5 five and five in the truncated pandemic season and won the Outback Bowl over Indiana. He is the head football coach at Ole Miss. It is Lane Kiffin with us here on ESPN 106.3. And, uh, uh, Coach, I felt that it was only right for you to be the first feature guest on this show since you're the one who announced to the world that I was getting my own show. So thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. You got to feel like I'm, I'm part of history here, you know. <laughs> As you should. Defining defining moments in the history of, of America. That's right. And in the pantheon of your career, of course. Uh, so thank you for, for spending a couple uh, couple of minutes with us. You're, how many days into spring practice are you uh, at Ole Miss? Uh, we just got off the field for practice number eight. Practice number When is the spring game? Uh, two weekends from now. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Now, uh, we've been talking Masters. Uh, I know, and you and I had a lot of discussions about this on your coaches' shows, I know that you're not the most um, avid TV watcher. Uh, do you watch the Masters at all? And do you even golf? Have you ever been golfing in your life? Um, our golf coach, Chris Moy, just came in here and was trying to actually, it's funny you just said that, insane, because I did just move into a house here that is on a golf course oh. so i guess you're supposed to play golf when you do that but no i do not play golf um and i'm like that non-golf fan that probably the only time i've ever watched golf was when tiger woods plays yeah yeah i, I think there's a lot of people like that though where tiger is the uh, the draw wait so you live in a golf community now do you own a golf cart like do you ride around your neighborhood in a golf cart um well we just got there and uh, for the kids, I had I took a golf cart from the office here, like a recruiting golf cart. Since oh, okay. can't nice. recruit during COVID, so right. figured to put it to use. So they drove that <laughs> around the neighborhood. Uh, I need to get a real golf cart, actually. <laughs> Lane Kiffin, it's a status symbol there. Lane Kiffin with us here on ESPN 106.3. Again, Ole Miss head coach and uh, uh, former FAU head man. What do you do in Oxford? Like, what, what does Lane Kiffin do outside of, of football in Oxford, Mississippi? Uh, not much. <laughs> so um, we were we had a football season, so that was <laughs> so that busy was in that. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> um, and then when we have breaks, uh, I go to Boca. So that's what I was going to ask you. So you still have the house, you still have the boat, you have all that stuff still. I do. Yes. So um, I kind of figured that this was a way to coach in the SEC and um, you know at the highest level and but still feel like you're also living Boca at times, too. Right, right. That's one of the perks of being an SEC head coach. I think you're playing it right. Uh, again, Lane Kiffin with us here on ESPN 106.3. Again, Ole Miss last year, one of the most entertaining teams in the country, 5-5 five and five on the season, but beat Indiana in the Outback Bowl in Tampa. Uh, for how, how weird was, was last season? Because it's super exciting to get back to the SEC. You have your own program in the SEC, and then there's the pandemic. Did you even have any spring football? Like, that got totally wiped out, right? 
yeah, we had none. Some people got a week or so, but we did not get any um, in strange year, you know, and all SEC games, and then then all of a sudden, you know, our best player um, opts out, yeah. you know, um, you know, with the two games left, including the bowl game. So it was very strange. Uh, when it comes to what you have done in one season at Ole Miss, though, I feel like there are some expectations now. Like, people there love you, and they expect that there's going to be even more progress now, whether it's the clipboard tosses or the fact that the offense was irresistible. It was outstanding to watch, and we got a taste of that here with FAU, and you've been able to carry it into the SEC. You're a nightmare for opposing defenses. Um, this is going to be a year, though, where there's a good chance you're going to have jam-packed stadiums. It's going to feel like the real thing now. Uh, is this program ready to take a leap into having expectations now? Well, I think I think it will be harder. I think that and I think maybe you saw it in other sports, too. I think COVID kind of made everything just kind of off a little bit. And and I think it was kind of easier a lot of times for maybe underdog teams, um, you know, to have maybe better years and some teams that are traditional, great teams maybe have off years, like you saw in, in college basketball yeah. with some powers and stuff. And I just think that was part of, you know, people not having normal schedules and all that. So I think it'll be more difficult, and I think, you know, like I've told our guys, when you do what we did on offense, well, what does everybody do? You know, these are the best coaches in the world here um, in this conference, so they're going to watch Ole Miss all off season. So get ready. If you think you can just run the same plays, they're going to work. That, that don't happen here. Coach, the NFL draft is coming up, and Ryan Day has been everywhere defending Justin Fields and going speaking out about it. How much of a role is that for a head coach in college and a power program to kind of promote their players before the draft? Well, I think some, but I think the you know the NFL has you know um, so many people researching, and they get to spend so much time with it. It's not like there's rules like recruiting and stuff like that. So you know they usually dig pretty deep on their own. Link Kiffin with us here on ESPN 106.3. Again, three seasons as FAU's head coach, two Conference USA championships, rebuilt that program, and now trying to do the same uh, at Ole Miss. What you inherited at FAU, and obviously different levels of college football, but are, are there parallels to what you took over at FAU and what you took over at Ole Miss? Uh, I think there is, as far as two teams that have been down for a few years. Um, you know, uh, I think that I think FAU was was a little bit easier because I think that you know you were you were you know the con- you weren't as far as way necessarily you know because the conference you know I think came down a little bit you know I think like you know Western had had the great teams yeah. you know and so I think it wasn't quite as I think we hit a good time right there and it's still that way the conference seems down um, so. And we had one of the best players in the history of the conference and Singletary coming back just from after his freshman year. So um, I think we hit that at the right time. This is a little more difficult because, you know, you don't have to go beat Western Kentucky <laughs> and Middle Tennessee. Right. You know, you got to go to Alabama and LSU and Auburn and A&M. So um, that's just on your side, you know, with Mississippi State also so in Arkansas. You know, you and I spent a lot of time uh, discussing the future of FAU and the facilities, and that was part of your deal to try and sell the program. However long you were going to stay at Florida Atlantic, the Schmidt Family Center, and all of the uh, the. The, the different facilities, the upgrading facilities that were happening on FAU's campus, and then 
you left for Ole Miss and uh, you weren't able to enjoy any of those upgrades. Have you even been inside the new football facility at the Schmidt Center uh, on campus at all? Have you seen it? I've not seen it, you know, when it was all the way done. You know, it was close. You know, I'd go, we weren't working in there. We actually think we're going the next week after, you know, it was gonna, we were going to be allowed to go in there and work after it left. But, um, you know, that, that part does kind of stink, you know, because, uh, you know, they put in so much work into that. But, you know, it's, it's why it's the program, it's not the coach, you know. And so um, that should make it, you know, even easier. I, I've said this before, that that is, you know, got to be one of the top five group of five if you know arguably i think maybe the best because now that you have the facilities on top of it you always had the great place to recruit to you know and and it's easy to get kids to want to come live in boca now you have the facilities to to match to um you know i mean it's crazy nobody believes me that weight room there is better than our weight room at old miss in the sec really so yes wow that, that is significant. And I, I do think about Wilson Love as well every time I see that weight room. Your strength and conditioning coach now at Ole Miss, who went a long way towards designing uh, FAU's new weight room. Uh, we're joined by Lane Kiffin here on ESPN 106.3. I'm Ken Levicka. It's Ken Levick. Really, Coach Hell, we have to do this now? Our partners need a master's Hold on, report. Coach. We need a master's leaderboard report. It's brought to you by South Florida Ford. New leader Hideki Matsuyama at three under par at the Masters. John Rahm, two shots back at one under. That is your master's leaderboard report. Sorry, Coach. Uh, you understand. People pay us to do things like that, so uh, my apologies on that. Uh, I-, I do want to... Um, I do want to let you know that, yes, we miss you down here, but I think more people in Boca miss your father, Monty Kiffin, than you. How do you feel about that? That's usually the case. Um, <laughs> you know, he he just impacts people. Um, it, it's amazing. Um, and he's been that way forever. And so it's, it's just really cool. I kind of call him like a little coaching angel. You know, everywhere he goes, <laughs> you know, he just kind of helps people and leaves his, leaves his mark. Yeah, that, that is a fact, and uh, he, uh, he used to spend all road games in the uh, radio booth with us, and so that was definitely, definitely a treat. We definitely miss uh, Monty an awful lot. I do want to ask you about uh, Tua, because I've spent a number of months down here on radio defending Tua, because I think there's this rush, because he was inconsistent at times in maybe a season where, coming off a major injury, he wasn't... 100% right, and uh, there's this propensity to use the B-word, bust with him, especially when Ryan Fitzpatrick would be entered late into fourth quarters for the Dolphins. Uh, but I think Tua's going to be a great quarterback, but you recruited him, you coached him. Is Tua going to be able to do this? It, can he be a Pro Bowl quarterback for the Dolphins, and if so, why? What is it about Tua? Well, I think that I just did yesterday. That position is so difficult. Like, you can be a left guard, you know, or a right corner or whatever, like, it doesn't really matter a whole lot, all right, the system around you, the culture that you come into. You know, quarterback is so much about system, culture, players, especially that are around you, you know. You can put the best quarterback in a bad bad franchise, bad players, and it don't matter. So, and I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying in general. So it's, it's very difficult to evaluate that position. It's why there's so many times it's evaluated wrong or so many people go to a second team and do great, you know, so... Um, I think that Tua has all the tools to be great and to be elite. So it would surprise me if he's not. Uh, but again, you're talking about a first year, which I don't know, but I assume they had the same type of COVID offseason issues and yeah. missing a bunch of time and stuff like that that they normally would have had. 
So, you know, that certainly doesn't help a, a rookie. No, definitely not, and especially one coming off of a torn-up leg uh, that for some people might have been career-ending. Um, Nick Saban, now that you're coaching against him, uh, you're, you're still teasing him, and you're still tweeting about him. I love it. Fans love it. What's, what's the end game with that? Do you just want him to, at midfield, say something, acknowledge one of your tweets? What is Lane Kiffin's end game with, with Nick Saban and, uh, and you teasing him a little bit? That's for the fans. I mean, the fans love it, you know, both sides and have fun with it and stuff. He, he doesn't, I, he's certainly not on Twitter, so <laughs> it's not because I think he's going to see it. Um, you know, that's, people think that and they really realize there's, there's no way he's going to see it. He is terrifying. Like, I can't imagine how I would feel if he came up to me and I thought he was going to address me. Uh, you know me. I'm extremely soft. For you, were there ever any times where you saw him and uh, you felt nervousness? Because you're the least nervous person I've ever met. Uh, you made fun of me for asking you before a Conference USA title game if you were nervous. Did he make you ever nervous at all, ever? Uh, I wouldn't say nervous. But that was interesting. You're saying you'd be nervous about him yelling at you, and I was just picturing that you guys are about the same height and yelling <laughs> at you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I, I did not know he was about my height, but yeah, that um, a little Napoleon. Um, last year was fascinating, too, over the summer, because I saw you in a situation I never thought I'd see you in, and that was you kind of dipping your toe a little bit into the social realm the uh the political realm because after everything with black lives matter exploded over the summer there was the controversy over the mississippi state flag and you show up at the mississippi state capitol as that debate is taking place uh what was that like for you because i can't imagine it was overly comfortable for you no that's not really my wheelhouse um but it was just i didn't know about the background here and not spending time in Mississippi and then just seeing as you get here and then enlisting. You know, that was a very big time for listening, which is a lot of times what coaches don't do a lot, especially head coaches, because you're always talking. And so just listening, especially to players and their voices, and, um, you know, that that was an easy thing to back once you understood how, how people felt about it. If you were to win a national championship at Ole Miss, I mean, I would have to think that you could win a governor's race in the state would you ever entertain it do you think if you ran you'd win for governor of mississippi if you win a national championship at, at old miss you you'll you don't have to run for anything you'll be elected <laughs> no matter what it is <laughs> i was gonna say you don't no, have to i would have no i would no have i would have no interest in that but yeah you're right you wouldn't have to campaign you would just be named the governor of the uh the state i, I want to end with this and thank you so much for uh for hanging out with us again lane kiffin old miss head football coach formerly at uh at fau uh Paul Feinbaum, a couple of weeks ago, you made him uncomfortable when you brought up the fact that he trash-talked you in your final days at USC. And you've let bygones be bygones, and he called you the Miley Cyrus of college football. Not a lot of talent, but uh, able to overcome that and get opportunities. You played Miley Cyrus at practice this morning, in fact, uh, there in Oxford, and I I saw you tweet about it. Uh, Now, you treat you tr- treat this extremely maturely. Is Paul Feinbaum really a friend of yours? Like you don't have to be friends with him. Are you are you just playing it up? Or are you truly friends with Paul Feinbaum? Because don't let him take advantage of you. I actually am, and as you know me, I would tell you if I wasn't. <laughs> um, I got to know him after after all that, um, and um, really enjoyed talking to him and, and spending time with him, and so. Um, 
you know, I just, um, and I think he's good at what he does. Well, he definitely knows how to draw attention, and it does seem like he uh, he believes in what you're doing at Ole Miss, and that's good. If you do have him on your side, that's a uh, a good thing. But, Coach, we uh, we definitely miss you down here. We are really excited to see what you're doing at Ole Miss. Can't wait for this upcoming season. Thank you for hanging out with us this afternoon, and congrats on being a part of American history as the first future guest on this show. All right. We made history. Change the state flag and on your radio show. That's right. Lane Kiffin. Thank you, Coach. Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss head coach. Take care. FAU head man, uh, former FAU head man again. Uh, Someone that... uh, that brought FAU to heights that we weren't really sure were possible. Two Conference USA championships and uh, now coming off of a bowl win at Ole Miss over Indiana in the Outback Bowl. I'm Ken Lavica alongside Chris Kokel. More Masters board reports apparently. Kokel, did you really have to do that in the Lane interview? Did we really have to get a Masters leaderboard there? Why? Hideki Matsuyama still leads the Masters. This Masters leaderboard report brought to you in part by South Florida Ford. Ken Levick, I'm live on ESPN 106.3.